AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush Friday Interview Edition. Annie's back, everyone. Hey. <laughs> I'm so excited to be back. It feels like ages. It's been a minute. I feel like last time you went to record, were you moving or something, or you didn't have a, your setup done? Uh, yeah, I, was, um, I wasn't moving, but I actually did go visit my mom we did like a two-week quarantine thing okay so i was still recording but i was like in a weird space uh-huh. and i wasn't sure how good the audio quality would have been oh, okay i gotcha so you're back mm-hmm. in the in the regular rotation now yes yes back in my closet cosplay closet how's it going it's going yeah. pretty well to be <laughs> honest uh i stayed up really late uh playing dungeons and dragons okay um and I watched this movie, so I'm I'm feeling a little loopy. So it's going to be really fun. Oh, um, how late were you up, Annie? Oh, it must have been two or three. Jeez, oh, yeah. you kids! <laughs> Can't remember the last time I stayed up that late. You know my uh, my line with uh, Emily is um, she'll well, you know, if we're having a little fun, having a couple of drinks, she's like, "How late are you up?" And I always go, "I'm a midnight man." <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of my jam. I try to stay up till midnight every night. Oh, so purposefully stay up until midnight. Yeah, I mean, if something's going on, if if not, then you know I can be asleep by ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? So it's not like a sleep like <laughs> I'm going to stay up till midnight every night. No, it's... but if if we're doing something, we're having a good time. Right. Okay, uh, if it's like a Friday night and we're listening to music on the deck or something and having mm. some wine, I'm a midnight mm. man. 
that, that, that's that's wild times when you're 49 years old, Annie. You need to get a jacket that says that on the back, and Midnight you can Man. just like use your thumbs, right here, gesture to it. Who's got two thumbs and stays up till midnight? Sometimes. <laughs> I want guy. that so badly for you. <laughs> what time did you get up? Um, like seven. I can't really sleep past seven, seven thirty. Oh, okay. So I'm you, not so a you're running on little sleep. Yes, but I did have a lot of caffeine. So oh. <laughs> now we're at an interesting juncture, energy level wise. Yeah, I'm back on the caffeine now. I am a uh, seasonal coffee drinker. So oh. w- when the weather turns, I, mm-hmm. I dive into the lattes. Uh, okay. So I had my first one today since, um, geez, last winter. Wow. You're also a latte man. I'm huh? learning a lot about you. <laughs> I am. And I, I dive in hard. Like I have no caffeine uh, in my life. And then I, all of a sudden wow. I get have a four shot latte is what I do. So <laughs> it's sort of like uh, uh, I imagine what doing a line of cocaine must feel like. Wow. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. Because I get like if I don't have caffeine, I'll get a caffeine headache. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. But I try to I only have like two drinks two coffee a day but i can't imagine going from zero to four yeah <laughs> that's how i'm a midnight man Annie. that's what i do uh, oh wow <laughs> i didn't know this is what a midnight man encompassed <laughs> lattes with four shots in them you, yeah you really are living on the wild side so you are back to talk about a movie a little movie little indie <laughs> little independent film yes romantic independent drama called thor ragnarok <laughs> You know, that's interesting you say that because it was, I mean, at the time, Taika Waititi had only done uh, independent films. And it was interesting reading his experiences from those compared to this. Uh Um, In case people don't know, he did direct this film. That's right. Uh, And also, I was trying to put it like genre wise, how I I would describe it. And it's like a buddy, a buddy movie comedy. Uh That's also like. In the MCU. A family drama. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's some pretty deep feels going on in this movie on the family side. Yeah. Uh, oh. Brothers, yeah. sisters, dads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love thinking about, uh, and I I know I've seen this meme before, but essentially Thor is like that athletic, upbeat optimist uh-huh. in a family of like emo drama queens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and boy, Chris Hemsworth, uh, two comments on him. Uh, not fair for him to be that funny. Yeah, absolutely not And fair. look like he looks. Uh-huh. And two, uh, those goddamn arms. Yes. Good yes. Lord. <laughs> I can't even take it. I Oh, I can't either. I remember very clearly seeing this the first time and laughing riotously throughout it. But at one point, like my friend and I turned and looked at each other and we were just like, those arms. <laughs> no, Emily kept saying that last night. She was like, are those fake? Are those like built up? And I was like, well, I mean, no. I said he gets in Thor shape for these movies. Mm-hmm. And then clearly before they roll a camera, he's got a, a bar, a dumbbell nearby and sort of, you know, just pumps them up before they actually call action uh, because, you, you know, they're veiny and, and ready to mm-hmm. roll at all times. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, the I can't imagine anyone else playing Thor. Just the most perfect casting ever. Yeah, it's he's spectacular in that role. And uh, this was definitely the first movie that I liked Thor. Like, I loved Thor in this. So previously, I'd kind of been like, hmm. Yeah. 
Um, Cause that I, first Thor movie wasn't that great. It was, yeah, it was fine. I actually uh, didn't see it until I think after the Avengers for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and then the second one was, yeah, fine. Um, but which, this one, I mean, it, clearly it's my second favorite MCU movie. Which one was the second one? Oh, that's a uh, dark world where there's like oh, uh, dark yeah. elves and Loki pretends to die at the end. That, oh, Loki. And takes... Fucking Loki. Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great character though, right? I know he'd be so fun to play. I do love in this one where Thor has Thor has a great character arc in this, and I feel like he grows a lot. Uh-huh. And at the end, he's like, you know what, Loki, I wanted one thing, but it's just not right for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of comes to an understanding of what Loki just is uh-huh. his most core. Yeah, um, I mean, how many times can you be sucked into Loki's yeah. tricks? I mean, that's well, the character. The tricks. Uh, the great Tom Hiddleston. He's so good in that role. And you know, every time he comes on screen, he's just one of those characters that you you, you hate him, but you also kind of love him just because there's a charm about mm-hmm. him. Uh, and I guess there kind of has to be. He can't be such a sort of black and white character that you just hate him because you know he's just going to fuck everything up for everybody all always. Right. So right. you, you got to like him a little bit. Well, yeah, and that's one thing that, I mean, maybe it backfired or maybe it didn't, but people up until this one, I would say, preferred Loki hands down to mm-hmm. Thor and like they preferred his storyline. Certainly if I'm going by the costumes I've seen at Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Loki is consistently one of the top costumes there. Yeah. And I think maybe this is just a a reality uh, check. It's a lot easier to cosplay Loki like no one wants to see skinny Thor or fat Thor. <laughs> Although I do love the oh. uh, fat Thor in uh, in the Avengers movies, but no one wants to see me dressing up as Thor. You gotta you gotta have those arms, you know. There are very few dudes who can pull that off. I actually a couple years ago I went as Hela because I guess I'm always gonna do movie crush on someone I've cosplayed. Uh huh. Um, and my friend went as Thor, and he he looked he was a great Thor. And one of my favorite parts of it was there was this big group of people cosplaying like um, the Hulk supporters. Uh-huh. Uh, and they would just follow us around chanting, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. Oh, so they had like the little uh, the signs yeah. and, the, and the the fake Hulk heads and stuff? Yes. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> it was awesome. And we missed Dragon Con this year. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that was especially sad for you. Yeah. Uh, but I did like me and a bunch of friends did like a we still cosplayed. And it, so it was, much fun. We did what we could. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want, do you have a, how did you do that headpiece for Hella? Oh, okay. So I didn't do it. Um, it's CGI in the movie. So I use oh, that as my really? justification. Yeah, it's not real. Oh, uh, that's disappointing. Um, but uh, somebody did do it and it was amazing. I kept worrying about like if I tried it, I was afraid it's I would lot. forget my spatial. Yeah, yeah. You're going to take someone's eye out. Yeah, I was a little concerned about that, and also hats off to that person because I thought about how I would do it, and it just got so complicated. Do you, could um, you tell what the, how they made it? Was it like three D printed, or was it? It was. It looked. Yeah, it might have been three D printed. It had a gloss to it that I don't normally associate with three D printing, but I'm sure that's possible. That would have to be a big printer though, because that's a big headpiece. Yeah, and it really yeah. steals the show of that character. Uh, it just mm. looks so badass. And Emily watched most of this with me last night. 
And her deal with the Marvel movies is she really enjoys them when uh, when she watches them with me. But mm-hmm. she's not, I wouldn't say that she's like a fan of the universe, but mm-hmm. I, I almost catch her enjoying them uh, because she's normally not into this. She's normally into very small independent films and uh-huh. and stuff like that. But uh, she was enjoying it. I was like, you're going to like Thor Ragnarok. I said, it's a really fun movie. Yeah. And early on, she was like, is it is it supposed to be this funny? I said, yes, it is a, <laughs> it's a comedy, essentially. It's hilarious. I I think it's the funniest MCU movie, but I can oh, like sure. I I've seen it several times, and I was laughing last night when I was uh-huh. watching it. Right, <laughs> um, and I watched it with my mom, and it was a wonderful experience because she was just dying the whole time, and she kept calling it thoracic. Uh-huh. I have no idea why. <laughs> thoracic <laughs> <I> would, Park. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's the crossover we need. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh wow, that's funny. So she watched it with you last night. Uh, we actually did a virtual. We did a viewing uh, a week ago. I I, I rewatched it um, because I was like, I'm going to be so prepared for this movie crush. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, she and she's kind of the same. She likes Marvel movies, but she definitely hasn't seen them all. And I I actually really loved when she saw uh, Infinity War, and I was just kind of like, well, how was that for you? I mean, did you understand it? Yeah. And she she tr- explained the plot. In a way that she understood it, and it made me laugh so much. I was like, well, you know, if you liked it, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, we need to bite those off. Um, I've, of course, seen them. Emily hasn't. Uh, she sees sporadic ones. She's seen a couple of the Avengers ones. Uh, she loved Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to think of which other one she's seen. I think she saw at least two of the Iron Man movies. So she likes them and we'll we'll see them. And, you know, when we were going to movies, she would go see some of them with me. But she's not dedicated. I usually have to kind of explain who some of the people are for her yeah. to fully get it. But she's down and she wants to see. I told her, I was like, you got to see, you know, the two final yeah. Avengers movies at the very least. And it's, it's a very rich world. And I think she needs mm-hmm. to see Captain Marvel as a mm-hmm. setup for that one. Because yeah. she's seen Black Panther and maybe the first Guardians of the Galaxy and then that's mm-hmm. probably enough of a primer. I don't think she has to see all of them to see those last two. I, when the the last one came out, I had a bunch of friends who were kind of like, you know, light Marvel light fans. Yeah. And they asked me, like, make a list timeline wise. How mm-hmm. should I watch them? Yeah. yeah. What, like, mark which ones are the most important and then which ones you would like but are okay to skip and then which ones I should just skip. Right. And I still have it. And it, it was a fun thought exercise of like, yeah. okay. I mean, what do you really get out of this movie that you need? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, if I was going to really make a list for her, like I could explain who Ant-Man is without her having to see that movie. Right. As far as getting it uh, yeah. in the Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I thought Ant-Man was fun enough, but I mean, Paul Rudd is great in yeah. everything, so it's yeah. no slag against him, but I would say that's like lesser Marvel. Yeah. I, it's it's hard as a fan because I'm like you have to see this. I know, uh, but like when you reduce it to okay, what what do you really what can I just need? tell you? Right, <laughs> like because Ant Man and the Wasp has that like critical post credit scene. Which one was uh, that? It's when uh, Ant Man goes into the quantum realm, oh, right. and then as he's in there, like they all get snapped, like the Wasp and her dad, her parents yeah. get snapped. That's pretty key. Get stuck in there, and that's how they get the time travel theory thing going right 
It's because he gets back out and it's like, I have an idea. Right, 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 right. Uh, and then there's Doctor Strange. I kind of forgot about that because she <laughs> was asking who Cumberbatch was. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, he's Doctor Strange. I said, that was actually a, a pretty fun movie, too. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that that first Doctor Strange movie. That was good. Yeah. I'm intrigued by, they say the second one's going to be a horror movie, which I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yes, very interesting. Um I'm excited. I'm excited to see a Marvel horror movie. Yeah, and it's it's always fun for these non-Avengers movies to see who's going to pop up. Yeah. Um, obviously, Doctor Strange was in this one briefly in a very funny sequence. Yeah, I love that part. When, uh, when, uh, I mean, he's kind of just can't be bothered. Even with these guys that are gods, yeah. he still has so much power and magic to kind of uh-huh. control them. And, and Thor was just like, well, you stop doing that. He's just sort of <laughs> manipulating him. And then when he just gets rid of Loki at the end of that scene, it's so great yeah. when Loki like throws his little yeah. knives out and he's just like, get <laughs> out of here. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I throw, love that too. Field. It's such slapstick humor in that. And it has one of my favorite lines when uh, Thor says, now let me explain something. My hair is not to be meddled with. And yeah. he just pulls out a piece of his hair. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Oh my gosh! Uh, and you get the 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 haircut in this. Um, yeah, which uh, well, they we really reinvented him. Yeah, um, they were. It's clear from the get go that this movie is different in style, uh-huh. and it's different in tone. And then they just make him diff, like physically look different yeah. as well to like just really put down. Now this is a rebirth of Thor. Right. It's Thor. Is having his own Ragnarok, and That's he's right. coming out as something better. Yeah, and and fully funny, and you know Marvel's always danced around with some funny lines here and there, but Chris Hemsworth is just a really good comedic actor, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah, he is so hilarious, and and according to Taika Waititi, I don't know, I'm assuming it's true. He said it. He said eighty percent of this is improv. Um, I read that. I was going to ask you if you knew more about that, because that seems hard to believe in a movie like this. Yeah. And I know uh, you probably read, too, Mark Ruffalo would come up to him and be like, when are they going to come in and put the foot down here? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but according to him, they kind of were really hands off um, other than budgeting. Uh-huh. Um, and they he was shocked as well that they let him do as much as they let him do. It it does feel like that was during a time when Marvel was really trying to like take indie movie directors or directors who were known for smaller things mm-hmm. and just like make this into something new and different. Right. Like breathe life into this, but I be- I certainly believe that a good chunk of it was improvised. And I think that is part of what gives it this it it always just feels really vibrant to me like really alive and like every the actors are just really having fun and Uh having playing off of each other yeah and kind of chewing through scenery um yeah everyone like Kate Blanchett comes in and Emily was like is that Kate Blanchett I said fuck yeah it is yeah she was like that is so awesome that they cast this 50 50 51 year old woman I guess at the time she may have been 48 or 49 Mm-hmm. Uh, just very against Hollywood rationale yeah. uh, to have, you know, a woman of a certain age in a movie like this playing such a badass. Yeah. And it's like, man, he, you know, she's the queen. She was Queen Elizabeth. And yeah. like, and she's the queen in this. Like she can, she can do anything. 
oh, like immediately when she steps out, you're like, oh God. Yeah. And then she has that tone of just like derision. Yeah. But it's like, it's dripping with derision, but also it's funny too. <laughs> like yeah. she's so uninterested. She's so above all of this. Uh-huh. And when uh, she just immediately establishes, oh yeah, I'll break your hammer. That's fine. <laughs> oh boy, that scene was so powerful because boy, Thor's hammer is such a, it's my favorite Marvel weapon, like mm-hmm. right neck and neck with that shield yeah. from, from Cap. But I think I got to go with that hammer because it's played for badassery and for laughs in a lot of movies when like no one can pick it up and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's my favorite weapon and it means so much to this franchise and this character. And to see her break it like that was just like, yeah. I was sad. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was watching it. Like, why am I getting <laughs> emotionally? Why yeah. am I having these feelings for that hammer? About this hammer. And and uh, Taika Waititi's character Korg. Uh, oh God! Wonderfully uh, played. <laughs> uh, he comments on it. It's like he sounds like he had a special relationship with this hammer, and losing uh-huh. it was the equivalent <laughs> of losing a loved one. And you're like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Oh. I I've got some of his lines in here. Uh, I always do the smaller fights, you know, warm up the crowd and whatnot. <laughs> I love his like whole a bit about the pamphlet, like, uh-huh. oh, my mom's boyfriend who I hate, and now yeah. I can't. <laughs> that's such a great line. Hating your mom's boyfriend, so funny. <laughs> yes. And then when uh, Loki was in there, and he he just bounds in, piss off, ghost. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorite lines of the whole thing too. I love it. It's great. Oh. But, you know, yeah. you hire a Taika Waititi and you let him do his thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very smart hire to uh, breathe life into, especially the Thor part of the franchise and the MCU that, like you said, I think, you know, that first movie was okay. The Dark mm-hmm. World was good, but, like, they weren't this. Like, this movie yeah. looked like the the color, even the poster kind of yeah. showed you what you were getting into those mm-hmm. vibrant greens and oranges and reds. And it was just, it just like exploded off the screen in, in all these surprising ways. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And when I think about Thor, like if you look at his past movies, he was almost like always, he wasn't a hero by choice. He just like the first one is all about him being basically a privileged brat. Yeah. Who he still promised the throne. He never had to fight for it. Almost every time when he does his heroic acts before this, he's doing it because his girlfriend is in danger or right. he's mad at his brother. Or But this one, he had to choose to like fight for the throne, mm-hmm. to face these things, to be a leader, come back for his people. What does that mean? And it humanizes him even more, which is interesting because he's not human. So right. I feel like there was always kind of this layer of we couldn't really relate to Thor. We couldn't really root to him, root for him as much as we could other yeah. Avengers. But in this one, um, yeah, you he's he's just so fun to watch, so relatable, and you're really rooting for him. And you feel sad when he loses his hammer and when he loses his eye, like yeah. these things. And I do think it's also interesting that whole the narrative of how his dad got all of this stuff and mm-hmm. how then he hid it. And then Thor having to face that and accept that and yeah. having that family dynamic playing on top of that. Yeah. You know why he did all that stuff, Annie? Why? 
because that's what heroes do. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great line. Yes. And immediately it's get hit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. He, it, it's interesting. I never really thought about that. There was a distance there as a God and he brought a humanity this time that wasn't there before that made it much more relatable, much more fun. And he emerged, uh, it made the, the those last Avengers movies uh, better for this, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Um, when I saw Infinity War the first time, probably one of the biggest cheers of the crowd was when Thor shows up in the battle. Yeah. And I don't think that would have been the case totally before Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. But yeah. You were like, oh, and he's got this awesome weapon and now he knows how to use his powers better. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love when his dad says that. What are you, the God of hammers? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's a great line, actually. Um, because yeah. that was losing the hammer was a big deal, but it was symbolic of. And, you know, we're glad he gets his hammer back, but mm-hmm. it, it it almost needed to happen for him to grow as a character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He was too dependent on it. And when he, he proved himself worthy of that. Yeah. And what more is there? Right. He had to prove himself worthy of the throne of those powers. Yeah, and the umbrella just wasn't a substitute. <laughs> That's a great Sorry. scene. <laughs> you just hear the glass breaking. Yes. Kind of, and then, I mean, there were so many little bitty comic moments, like when he when the umbrella finally came after all that, and he just yeah. kind of tinkles the glass off of the top yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of wipes it down. Uh-huh. I love when he says, uh, oh, you don't have a phone. Well, you could have sent me an electronic letter. It's called email. Do you have a computer? No. No, what for? (laughs) Uh, The rest of the cast, too. I mean, it's um, you get a little cameo from Black Widow. Uh, It was kind of nice to see her. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie was so badass and so much fun. Oh, yes. As this hard drinking, that one great one. She's like, you know, I'll listen to you as long as it takes me to drink this. And he kind and of starts it. it and it's just gone. And, you know, <laughs> Thork is someone who can put it, put away the beer, obviously, with that huge mm-hmm. mug. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting to make her a, a boozer. Yeah. Um, and the, the Valkyries, God, that one, that one brief kind yeah. of sequence where it shows the Valkyrie attack was so cool looking. I just wanted more of yeah. that. Yeah, the, that was visually stunning and just sets it apart from the rest of the movie. And I do like how they did that because clearly she's struggling with PTSD Mm -hmm. and to just have this memory and kind of like very um, almost black and white, but not, but also very like contrasty and slowed down and the sound is sort of numb. That was a great portrayal of like a really bad memory. Yeah. And how you would try to forget it, but just couldn't like the stark details are there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and like you said, visually it kind of, uh, it looked different than the rest of the movie, uh, the color palette and mm-hmm. that, that slow motion. And I just like, I want to see a movie about the Valkyrie now, you know? Yes. Yes. I think they are going to do that. Are I'm, they? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, the Pegasus. Like, is there any cooler? Yeah. Any cooler beast? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also get Carl Urban as the executioner. Oh, scourge. Uh, yeah. He's so good. Uh, yeah. And and just like everyone like has a chance to sort of s- just chew up the scenery mm-hmm. and uh, but there's still a balance to it. Like uh, yeah. everyone is allowed to steal the show, which is kind of the, an actor's dream, I think. Yeah. Him with that shake weight 
is one of yeah. my favorite favorite things. <laughs> right, the shake weight, <laughs> which apparently it was Taiko Atiti's. He just had it. Oh, really? On set? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he bought it for uh, Green Lantern. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, so he just had the shake weight and was like, <laughs> "Was he in Green Lantern?" I can't remember if he was in it or if he was involved in the writing of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I never saw that one. I didn't either. And I, it doesn't sound like we were missing anything, but maybe yeah. we should give it a fair shake like the shake weight. I don't <laughs> I don't know. It, it was supposed to be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, those DC movies. And, you know, now that I'm thinking, actually, it's not an MCU weapon, but uh, Thor's hammer, but uh, Wonder Woman's rope or lasso, That that that's probably a three-way tie. With cap, cap shield and Thor's hammer is my favorite weapons. Yeah, yeah. I also like her little gauntlets and how she just oh yeah directs, deflects all those bullets coming her way. Yeah. When are we going to get that movie? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's done. Right. Um, I mean, it's supposed to come out this summer, right? Yeah. It actually looks kind of visually like Thor Ragnarok. It's yeah. Got that eighties. I mean, it's nineteen eighty four, so that makes sense. Right. Um. Yeah. And that's something else that's interesting about this movie. Like the soundtrack is great. It's very like synthy eighties. Yeah. And then yeah. the you know, maybe one of the best music cues of all time. It's so <laughs> so good they birthday. use it twice. When they oh, come in. That immigrant song. With, I was with, like the birthday song. Oh I love that. God. It's so well done. In fact, I got a uh, I announced on the movie crushers page that we were doing this uh, episode and people are very excited, by the way. And this is what one dude said. I did a screen cap. He's uh, This is from Jonathan uh, Zapansky, uh, one of our old pals. He said, best use of Zeppelin in a movie ever. It's like Plant <laughs> and Company sat down one day and said, gentlemen, in the future, they will make a movie. And in that movie, they will need a song for it was foretold. Whosoever holds writes Mjolnir? the song, if they be worthy, <laughs> shall score the power of Thor. <laughs> <laughs> it does That's seem excellent. like kind of like it was made for this film. It's interesting. Yeah, and it's funny because I know Jack Black semi-jokingly was like, "Hey, I did this in School of Rock. Back off." But apparently again, um Taika Waititi uh he did a sizzle, he did like a sizzle reel when he was he was with 20 directors trying to get this job. Uh-huh. And he used that song in it, and they were like immediately, yes. Yeah, got to get the rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's one of the great Zeppelin songs anyway, and it just it works so perfect. Because Zeppelin also had that sort of Nordic uh, mm-hmm. Valkyrie-esque thing going on back then. So it, it just all fit. Yeah. Like yeah. a glove. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Um, did you hear this thing about the Make-A-Wish thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I never knew that story. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it makes you enjoy the line even more. Yeah. So tell everyone. I, I want to hear uh, your take on it. So um, while they were filming uh, this movie, a child from Make-A-Wish, was his wish to visit, and he and Chris Hemsworth were talking and they were talking about the scene and it's the scene when the big battle between the Hulk and Thor and uh, the kids said, well, you should say like, he's a friend from work. <laughs> One of the best lines in the movie. He's a friend from work. Yes. Oh, it's so great. I love and, it. And the, and that it was open enough for them yeah. to use it. And like, yeah, he, they gave this kid credit and just, I mean, talk mm-hmm. about like the Make-A-Wish thing, period. Just I can hardly talk about it without crying. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this kid gets to visit the set is just amazing. And then mm-hmm. he gets a line, like one of the great lines in this movie is yeah. like such a like cherry on top of that whole experience. Yeah. And I love how they talk about it, too, where they're like, we couldn't have written something funnier than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we had to keep it. I love it. So, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so rounding out the cast, too, you also have... Uh, just a little small role uh, of Grandmaster from Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, How fun yeah. was that? So perfect. So perfect. And I love, he's like the, he's a wonderful balance of sort of like, I mean, really evil, really uh-huh. bad. <laughs> But just like how he gets grossed out by uh-huh. the the goo of the person he just disintegrated. Oh, I'm standing in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's just so eccentric. And oh, I and just so Goldblum, like peak Goldblum. Oh, I love yeah. that they just let him do his thing. Like at, at this point, when you put Jeff Goldblum in a movie, right. you're just you're mm-hmm. almost hiring uh, a, an archetype. Yeah. Of of this guy. Yes. Um and I can't get enough of it. He I love that one line he says when he goes uh I didn't hear any thunder uh but out of your fingers was that like sparkles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is true. Like I never really thought about it, but you really don't hear thunder. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, Thor's doing his powers, but and Emily um, kept talking about how like how much fun it would have must have been for Goldblum 
and yeah. Kate Blanchett, who usually don't do these kind of movies. Yeah. And I said, I'm sure it, they just had a blast. And just to mm-hmm. see yourself on screen uh, is that big hologram or her yeah. uh, in that outfit with the headpiece. Like, I'm sure they had a lot of fun doing this this kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt like, and I, I know that on every movie crush I've been on, I feel like this comes up, but I, I feel like you can tell when the actors are having fun. And like, the, yeah. like, just the whole set felt like a fun set. And it did really feel like, oh, Kate Blanchett is having the time of her life right now. Yeah. Or like Jeff Goldblum, full gold blooming, as my friend likes to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, just, and then those, yeah, he's got like those streaks. He's in that like gold robe. <laughs> I mean, so perfect. Yeah. He's so oh. great. Uh, a couple of smaller cameos too before we round out the main cast. Um, Matt Damon in a funny little yes. part. Yes. <laughs> yes. My friends didn't believe me that that was him. And I'm like, nope, that oh, is that's Matt, totally Damon. Matt Damon. Who was yep. playing Thor in that scene? Liam Hemsworth. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Okay. I couldn't, I was like, I know that face and I, mm-hmm. I meant to look it up. So, all right. That's, that's pretty funny. Actually. I didn't realize that yeah. was him. So yeah, that was Liam. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll have to tell Emily that. And then Sam Neill. Yes. Kind of sneaks in there in a, in a small little cameo too. Yes. Uh, as Odin, in this very dramatic uh-huh. play about Loki's <laughs> life that, from what I understand, co- happens every day and he watches it every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As Odin. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then uh, in the main cast, of course, I think we've been through everyone except for, obviously, the great Mark uh, Ruffalo as Hulk. And, uh, yeah. and then we can't not talk about Idris Elba. Yeah. Who shows up yeah. in a really pivotal scene. Like he's really, uh, mm-hmm. he comes in at a very important time in the movie mm-hmm. and, and means a lot to the outcome. Yeah. Um, and it makes what happens. I mean, this whole movie is so fun. And then when you know how Infinity War starts. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of looming over. Yeah. Uh, this might have been the first time I've rewatched it since Infinity War. Yeah, it is for me. And I just kept thinking of like, oh. I know. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yeah, he's just this powerful, badass character. He's kind of like, while Thor isn't on Asgard, he is the person who's the leader. He's guarding the people. He's mm-hmm. like, when Thor doesn't know what to do, he's immediately like, do this. I know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you go through the devil's anus, obviously. <laughs> the devil's anus. <laughs> I didn't know it was called that when I, uh, when <laughs> I took <laughs> it out. <laughs> well, it has such impact at the end, too, with the, uh, and they say the line a couple of times that Asgard is a, is the people, it's not a place. Yeah. And it's very bittersweet to see it being destroyed. It was really sad. Yeah. But also, you know, they did save those people, and it was hopeful, uh, and just... Um, it was able to bring the feels and what was a really funny movie kind of in a pretty profound way at the end. Yeah. Uh, and having to make that choice too, that kind of painful choice as a leader that, uh, yeah, we're going to lose our, our home, our home world. Yeah. But we have to, we have to save the people. Um, I also heard that uh, a very prominent protester in Hong Kong used that for uh, Hong Kong is in a place. It's a people. Oh, really? Yeah, um, and he was saying like from Thor, and I I just thought yeah this is it's powerful. It is. Um, 
And, you know, he starts the movie just trying to prevent it. That's his number one thing. Yeah. And to have it kind of subverted of you think victory is this, but actually you need to change your perspective. Uh, which, when he loses the eye, is uh, interesting that yeah. he's kind of, he's lost that, but he's gaining this perspective and becoming more like his father. Yeah. And like, you know, it might be a little on the nose, but it, more able to see even more, mm-hmm. uh, even though he has the one eye. And there, there are a lot of great, you know, little mini character arcs too, uh, including Carl Urban, like his sacrifice yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. Like this is a character that you really grow to love pretty quickly mm-hmm. and he does the right thing. And it's, uh, man, when he leaps off at the end, that's, that's fucking tough stuff. Yeah. And you, it's, he did such a great job because you can see it playing out on his face yeah. when he's on the ship. He's pretending to be a refugee. He's looking at everyone else. He knows he played a role in this. And then he makes that decision with Des and Stroy. And uh, yeah, he leaps off. And it's great that, that so many of these smaller characters did have those arcs or, or just even characters that weren't uh, the primary um, and I have to say for like the Hulk too, yeah, Avengers definitely, I didn't like the Hulk really before Avengers and Avengers definitely warmed me up to him. But then this one, yeah. I was like, well, you've like, I love Thor now and I love the Hulk now. So congrats. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, uh, more impactful than I would have imagined to see Hulk stuck as Hulk. Yeah. Uh, because so much of that character is the, is the banner part um, mm-hmm. of the equation mm-hmm. also with Hulk. Like we love Hulk smash, but mm-hmm. we, and, and you know, that's the whole, the whole point of the whole character is this, this big dumb smasher, uh, mm-hmm. and this really, really brilliant scientist who it kind mm-hmm. of, uh, almost hates this and has to accept this other part of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because part of the, that Avengers, uh, I'm not sure which one it was, but the one where he was trying not to turn into Hulk for mm-hmm. most of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, and then they really played that up, but for to see him stuck in Hulk mode, yeah, for years was kind of tough. Yeah, and I love how, in a weird way, he was humanized too. Because at first he is like, yeah, this big smasher, um, but then he and Thor kind of have to sort out <laughs> their friendship issues when they're roomies. Yeah, <laughs> I love that sequence, the odd couple sequence, basically. Yes, yes, I love it so much. You're being a really bad friend. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun, and that set was so cool looking too. Like the the costume yeah. design and the set design in this movie was just ridiculous. Yeah, um, and and Thor even comments on it where he's like, "Red, pick a color." Just, uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Um, and when he sees Black Widow too, that's such a yeah. God, that was tough. Yeah, because you kind of forget it's because it, these movies, there's such a long time in between them. Often, yeah, that yeah, you sort of forgot. Oh, where has the Hulk been? Right. And what about these relationships like Banner has? Uh-huh. And he's on this essentially kind of trash planet. Yeah. Um, fighting, and might forever be stuck that way. Um. And then for him to come out of it because he saw Black Widow and then realize it's been years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was that was tough because you need uh that character needs both both 
sides of the equation for it to mm-hmm. fully work. And also the way, like you said, being on this trash planet, it was like, you know, it reminded me, I mean, obviously the, the, it was evoking like the gladiators and stuff, but I kept thinking of just like dog fighting and how awful that is yeah. and, and to imprison these people and make mm-hmm. them fight for show and for sport. And mm-hmm. it's something they've done in a lot of movies, everything from escape uh, from New York to, to Thunderdome and Mad Max. And it's kind of a, a tropey thing, but uh, it really works in this. Uh, it's, there's a lot of emotion, even though Korg is really funny, um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of emotion behind the fact that they're imprisoned and sort of fighting for sport. Mm-hmm. It's tough to see. Yeah. And it, it makes you as an audience member feel kind of strange because you're like, well, <laughs> here I am enjoying this fight between Thor and Hulk, even though it was a great fight. Oh, it was. But I wa- I wanted them. I wanted the Hulk to come out of it. I wanted like them to. Just make up. <laughs> I know. Okay. And he just hugged herself, everybody. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did, but it's still a badass fight. I mean, you kind of, yeah. you can't put those two in, in a fighting ring and not kind of have it go down like it did. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun to watch, even though you don't want to see them beating up on each other. They still mm-hmm. manage to play it for laughs at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love how Thor's like, uh, oh, don't worry, better. I'll get you out. Yeah. And then later when he, he asks, like, who won the fight? And Thor's like, I did, easily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, and he also plays uh, for comedy the, um, when Hulk is around, he's like, oh, Banner, I don't like that guy with all the like yeah. the, the egghead stuff. And then when Banner's yeah, here, he's like, you. oh, no, no, I, I, like, I like you much better than Hulk. <laughs> yes, but if I'm being honest. <laughs> um. And I was thinking one of my favorite shots, and I've never really understood why it is, but when like Thor has pretty much won the fight and he's had that flashback that the whole movie's hinting at, or not flashback, but like um, conversation with his father, mm-hmm. and he's about to win, and then the Grandmaster zaps him. The Hulk jumps in the air, and you see Valkyrie, and she's like finished her alcohol, and there had been this hope. But now it's gone. Yeah. And she gets up before the fight's even over and she turns and you see the Hulk behind her just in all those lights and you hear the audience cheering. I've always loved that shot. And I was thinking about it and I think it's without me ever really picking up on it. It's really powerful saying like her emotional state where she's just, I'm not even going to stay to finish this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to turn away to the climactic end of the battle. Yeah. Um, she just gets up and it's like, nope. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting the way they played that too. And that sequence is pretty long. I mean, the fight sequence has a lot of, it's almost like a little mini movie inside itself, mm-hmm. uh, with sort of the ups and downs and, uh, and the way they play that it was very, um, I felt like it was one of the most comic booky parts of a movie that was more comic booky than a lot of Marvel movies. Like mm-hmm. I think Marvel's at its best when it feels most like a comic book. Yeah. Uh, either visually or just even the way they frame certain shots. And mm-hmm. I thought this movie was a really kind of true to the comic book uh, origins of the whole thing. Yeah. And and the color scheme, I felt really helped with that. And these really well thought out, well drawn, uh, well designed characters, they all felt some they did a great job of they both felt very comic booky and like over the top, but still you could relate to them. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, yeah. And it the visual style definitely to me felt very comic booky. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I have a bunch of just kind of random scenes jotted down, <laughs> which I'm sure you do. Uh, when when Hela wipes out that whole army uh, yeah. by herself, that was pretty badass. Yeah, and I love she gives like that speech, and <laughs> well, the guy. I wish I could remember his name, but the guy in front is like, "Whoever you are," and she's like, "Whoever I am." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she has this moment of almost like real sadness where she says, I thought you'd be happy to see me. Yeah. Um, And it's just this disconnect where she's been imprisoned for so long. And when she was in prison, like they were still like doing these violent conquests and taking over. And then she comes out and the world has changed and that's not sanctioned anymore. That's Mm -hmm. not what they want anymore. And to be rejected like, you know, yeah. she's a terrible villain. And like, I mean, she's a bad person. But if, in that moment, you're like, oof. Um, and then later when Thor is like almost apologizes to her. Uh-huh. You know, my our dad promised me the throne, too. Um, yeah, I think it was it was a lot more impactful because she was family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, the best villains aren't one note. Uh, yeah. The best villains are the ones that that you do feel for at times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I guess there have been some pretty decent villains or, that were just nothing but evil, but the best ones and the best characters, period, are always nuanced and layered. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was smart to kind of follow that here because there are there were times in this movie where you sort of got where she was coming from a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly like when she's going with Scourge and she's showing like all the murals underneath mm-hmm. of her past and like that essentially that it got erased. Yeah. Because they didn't like it anymore. It wasn't palatable anymore. Yeah. And she got imprisoned for it. Like, she was wrong and violent, but you can see, like, it wasn't that she was doing that by herself. And the, the what got her imprisoned was not necessarily that. It was that her ambition outgrew and her power outgrew yeah. Odin's. And so he locked her away. Yeah. Um, And you can feel that, like, rage and resentment and because it is family it does have that like personal layer too right yeah and you know i think marvel does such a good job at these multifaceted villains uh more so than a lot of franchises um obviously with uh with what's his face with the snap uh i'm totally thanos. Thanos. <laughs> thanos you know thanos there were times in those movies where you're like thanos is kind of trying to do the right thing by the earth maybe yeah uh, if you look at, um, God, what was the other one I was just thinking of? Oh, Killmonger is a good one. Who? Killmonger from Black Panther. Oh, yeah, that's what exactly it was. That was Michael B. Jordan's character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. These nuanced sort of villains that um, that have their reasons for doing things. Uh, there are very few in the Marvel Universe that are just sort of evil, uh, full stop. Yeah, I, and that's... It makes for a great story, and um, Hela, I mean, I immediately loved her as yeah. a character. Um, and, like, when she's going through that vault, she's like, fake! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just judging. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was great, because you could... And it was also wonderful that, yes, it was an older woman in this role, mm-hmm. and she just felt so... You could relate to her. And she was badass and scary. Like, I really was like, how are they going to beat her? They yeah. have to destroy their whole world to defeat her. Yeah. I mean, because he, I mean, he was getting his ass kicked. And this is Thor. And he, yeah. he's kind of like the whole first half of the movie, he's getting his ass kicked kind of over and over and over, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. But yeah, at the end, it was like, you know, this character is a god and so yeah. powerful. And he's, and it's still not working. Yeah, and also when you've got the Hulk yeah, on your team, and exactly. the Hulk is like what you bring out, at, you know, the last resort, when you got both of them together, and as a viewer, I'm still watching it, like, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to win this one. Yeah. Uh, that's, and in some ways they had to do that, or you wouldn't be invested, but it right. was a difficult thing to pull off, and I think they really did. Yeah, it's sort of that um, – always my gripe with the, the other Matrix movies after the first one mm-hmm. was uh, – one of my gripes. I had plenty of gripes. <laughs> but was um, Neo and uh, the the other guy – what was his name? Agent Smith? Yeah, they were both all-powerful. Right. And there's no stakes that way. Like right. their fights were just sort of – there wasn't – I never felt like anything was on the line – Right. Because it was these two, you know, superpowers basically fighting each other. And mm-hmm. that that's where you sort of risk uh, in a movie like this, you know, 
Thor and Hela fighting each other, like mm-hmm. how do you make how do you give that stakes? Right. And you you do it by making one a little bit more powerful than the other. Yeah. Uh, and or maybe in this case a lot more powerful such that mm-hmm. this god is truly threatened for the first time. And the dynamic that I I'm so impressed with sort of the the way that her power comes from the planet. So it's like almost a hostage situation or something where Right. You can't attack her or she's going to grow more powerful the more you take care of this planet that you yeah. care about and that you love. And then on top of that, he's lost his hammer. Yeah. Um so yeah, you've already put um just storyline-wise I have so much respect for the thought that went into how are we going to really get people invested in this. Yeah. And they had those two dynamics playing um and then the Hulk is fighting this huge wolf oh yeah that's a great Um, moment when hulk uh or when banner falls through and uh you don't see him become hulk you just see that dog being dragged yeah (laughs) that was awesome uh Mm -hmm. the other thing that does too with hulk with a thor rather is um you you get those great moments where he where the the lightning comes and his Mm -hmm. eyes light up yeah and uh and that's when he you know he kicks it up to that next level uh, yep. Which is, I just got chills right now. It's just, th- those are a couple mm-hmm. of really great moments in the movie, I think. Yeah, and the immigrant song kicks in again. Yes. And I love, like, <laughs> I love how Hela says, like, I'm the goddess of death. What were you the god of again? Yeah. And then he, he like, embraces his power, has this, this moment where he's, like, the he's coming into the frame and all this lightning is coming off of him. Uh-huh. And I like how it goes to Loki and Loki has this like small smirk, like, Oh, you done fucked up with right. the wrong guy. <laughs> like my brother's coming for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thor and Loki's relationship is so cool. Like through all these movies because they're brothers and it's, it's yeah. like, it, it would, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, Loki's like this, this disease you just can't get rid of. He mm-hmm. keeps popping up in all these movies, always mm-hmm. messing everything up for everyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're still brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that blood or whatever they have. I don't know if gods have blood, but uh, <laughs> you know, they're they're kin, and yeah. and it matters. That's why those scenes are so impactful. And the scene with with Thor and Odin at the end, yeah. uh, where he sort of goes to that place with him again, mm-hmm. and he and that's when he tells him. Uh, I think is that when he says that. Asgard is not a place, it's the people or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so great. Yeah, and and uh, the relationship between Thor and Loki, like, you you do get to see Loki's kind of insecurity around being adopted. Um, but when Odin calls him, like, my sons. Yeah. Uh, and he has that moment. But then also just, like, all the comedic things to show that they did grow up together. Like, I love the whole thing about... Oh, when I was eight, I love snakes. And he knew I love snakes and he turned into a snake and then he oh, uh-huh. scared me and then he yeah. stabbed me. Um, <laughs> or, or like, like this get has been help. their whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it made you care more about their relationship because again, I mean, Loki was an interesting enough character, but I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't really buy in too much to their relationship. But then when Infinity War starts yeah, and right away you have that loss and Loki kind of chooses Thor for the first time. Yeah. Um, it did have more of an impact because they made the relationship more believable and funny. Like, yes, there's all this betrayal and pain. And I feel bad that Thor keeps having to be like, well, don't kill my brother, please. I know he he messed up here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there was there was this brotherly that they grew up together and they have these 
fun memories together. Yeah. They do care about each other. Yeah. And and like I said before, like Loki is just a character you sort of love to hate. Uh, mm-hmm. That great moment when he's walking through the and and kind of eyeballs the Tesseract there for a second. Yep. <laughs> well, he did pick it up. <laughs> and oh, that's did why, he? Yeah. And that's why Thanos attacks. Oh, that's right. He's coming for the Tesseract. And he knocked Thanos's glove off, right? Uh, well, he knock it off Hela did that. Uh, oh, Hela, Hela did, did that. Right. But it's a fake. It's a fake. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, the of Marvel course. Universe is just so, that's why it's, it's just such a rich universe. And there was so much thought and consideration and care put into how they all mesh together and relate together. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and what appears to be to the casual um, MCU light fan to be a, just a cameo in, a, in another movie really yeah. has weight, I think. Yeah. Um, and just the accomplishment of all these movies put together is one of the, and I don't think it's hyperbolic, it's one of the, the great accomplishments in movie history, I think, how they all fit together so well and in and, and, and a dramatic sense too, not just a bunch of badass fun movies. Right, I agree, because if you think about like when this started, to the culmination of Endgame. Yeah. The amount of planning for 22 movies. I know. To have to fit and for their... I mean, there are some things that they retconned, but mostly they didn't. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, when Endgame came out and you just... You didn't have to be a big fan to enjoy them. But if you were, there was so much reward yeah. that they put in there. Yeah. Um, and then like Thor Ragnarok, I think was the 18th movie, the 17th or 18th. Um, and it, so it was like, they were meeting with the writers of infinity war while they did this and just having it be pretty much the one that almost directly leads up to infinity war. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it also kind of gives me a headache. I'm very impressed. I know <laughs> it is. It's a lot to, it's uh, intimidating what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like you said, there's, if you're a light viewer, there's, you can watch them on that level, mm-hmm. but there is such a reward if you really want to go deeper. Um, at some point I probably am going to do some sort of full marathon, even though I've seen all of these at least twice, mm-hmm. uh, I might do sort of an, in order thing just to kind of oh. try and drink it all in because there are parts that I still get confused about, mm-hmm. um, with the main storyline. I should send you my list. Yeah, yeah, send it to me for sure. <laughs> the Annie, we'll we'll post it on the Movie Crushers page. Yeah, and then we'll people. see if people agree with my right. what you have to watch and what you like can. No, but. and let's get a good debate going. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, another little note I have in here, Annie, is uh, get help. <laughs> oh, I love get help. How funny was that? And I think, like, again, it shows that they're brothers. Uh-huh. Um, I love that whole scene because they're, like, fighting, like, f- arguing with each other. Right. And fighting uh-huh. this kind of army. <laughs> Let's do get help. I don't want to do get help. And then it cuts to help. Uh-huh. And then the way, and, and you know why I didn't want to do get help? Because he gets, you know, thrown into these people every time. Yes, yes. And I think that's become kind of a cultural like people can say it and we know what they mean. Yeah. Um, again, in Dungeons and Dragons, my I'm the dungeon master and uh, one of the players was like, can we do get help? And I was like... <laughs> yeah, you know what that yeah. means immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love, I love that scene too because you think, oh, Loki, again, uh-huh. a betrayal tricked him. But this time Thor's like one step ahead. Said, nope, yeah. I figured you out. And yeah, it felt yeah. really rewarding for once... 
for Loki yeah. to be outdone by Thor. He got Loki'd. He got Loki'd. How <laughs> does it feel? <laughs> uh, another note I have in here is just the orgy ship. <laughs> yes. I love how the Tessa Thompson's delivery when she says that. Oh, uh-huh. this is his pleasure vessel for orgies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then that It's My Birthday song comes in. Oh, my God. The fireworks go Uh off. (laughs) That is also one of my favorite shots when you get Valkyrie, who has put on her Valkyrie uniform. Yeah. And she's just walking so confidently. Yeah. And those fireworks are going off behind her so colorful. I love that shot. No, I have have that actually highlighted on my list here as one of my probably two or three favorite shots in the movie. It's that shot. Just so badass looking. There's mm-hmm. the um, immigrant song shot earlier when mm-hmm. when Hulk or uh, when when Thor jumps off and they do that great slow motion shot from the side. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and then the other one was the shot at the very beginning when he is flying straight ahead with his hammer with that dragon. Mm-hmm. And they do yeah. that great side shot where that dragon's mouth is kind of right <laughs> yes. behind him. So yes. Cool. And then the title card comes yeah. in and the title card is really striking it's really beautiful totally yeah and and I, I remember watching this and i had pretty high expectations because at that point i did know taika watiti yeah i was excited but i did have kind of like well thor has not really been my thing and I, or by then i was like oh yeah this is gonna be good i'm gonna like this movie yeah what a job he did i mean to uh i mean to do kind of these smaller movies for the most part and to be handed the keys to to something like this yeah. and just totally kick its ass. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he can do anything. I know that both you and I are, you know, fully in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. But there's there's nothing he can't do. Like, I can't wait, you know, to see everything for the next, like, 25 years that this guy does. Well, and I don't know if you read any of the interviews with him about this. But I found it fascinating how he said in a lot of ways, indie films were harder because mm-hmm. you can't delegate, ne- delegate necessarily. Like right. you have to be really involved in the budget, like matters. Yeah, um, yeah. And in this, it was just interesting to him. So apparently Korg having that kind of blade <laughs> that then is a gun, uh-huh. he just came up with that. And he was like, I'm sure CGI can make that happen. And they did. <laughs> um, and just having that difference of experiences. Uh-huh in an indie film versus a big film. And I also, I thought it was really funny because there's an old tweet from him where he's, someone was like, you should do a Star Wars movie. And he was like, lol, they'd never let me do it. I could get away with it. Now he's doing a Star Wars movie. So he is, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. What's he doing? Do we know? He's doing a movie. I don't, I don't know what it is. I just know that he's doing one. So it's going to um, be like whatever, some standalone thing? I think so. Okay. Well, I'm I sure it's going to be so. great. Yeah, I, I I have high hopes, but I mean, I mean, and just like even him as Korg, a lot of times when a director's <laughs> in their own thing, yeah. I get kind of like, hmm, he's always fantastic, though. Yeah. And oh, I was so happy when Korg showed up again in yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's a beloved character that that uh, that accent. There's just something about that Kiwi accent. Mm-hmm. I know just, we talked about that. Yes, or, it what just we do makes in the me crazy. It's so great there's just something about it it's pleasing well, to my ear it's endearing yeah it's friendly and I, th- 
I think he's really great because Korg in a lot of ways is like his, what we do in the Shadows. There's even like a reference to it when he says like, clean up after yourself, uh-huh. guys. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it is, what do you want with this pointy fork? It's only good for stabbing three vampires. <laughs> oh yeah, that's time. right. Yeah. I didn't even um, catch that. That's funny. So there's, it's similar in that way, but I, I personally love that character where a lot of the things they're telling you are really sad, but they're delivering it in this like hopeful, upbeat way. Yeah. Because a lot of his lines are, when you think about it, you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, there is an um, upbeat thing to that accent, I think. Or certainly the characters he plays, yeah. he has, he does that very, very well. Um, and just a sort of instantly friendly, uh, like uh-huh. trying to get Thor to join his revolution. Yeah. <laughs> The way he talks about Doug, like, oh, yeah, Doug fought him. Oh, yeah, Doug's dead. Yeah. <laughs> what was his little buddy at the end that he thought was dead that he'd been carrying Meeks. around? Mix, yeah. And then he's like, oh, he's alive. What was your question again, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I love when he asks him, like, are those eggs or ectoplasm? Right. It looks like eggs. <laughs> Oh, and the exchange when he's talking about the hammer and it gets so sexual. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the hammer pulled you off. <laughs> I love I was dying laughing. Yeah. So, so good. good. Um <laughs> another thing I think that Marvel movies do so well uh and was evidenced in this again is that last battle. They always do such a great job of of editing together multiple battles playing out at the same time and it's one of my favorite thing in marvel movies usually Mm -hmm. in the third act where you have all these different storylines kind of happening at once and the way they cut those together is just always so satisfying yeah you've got a lot of things colliding and i think it's really good for keeping the tension up like you're never getting bored with one yeah it's odd to think but you could certainly get bored with a battle but um yeah you're getting to see like the valkyrie finally like reclaim that name and you're getting to see the hulk like he chose to become the hulk Uh in this instance to help and then you've got idris elba heimdall like protecting all the people and you got loki showing up with the ship and being loki like oh yes you're saved i'm here (laughs) climb aboard (laughs) but then you get to see him fight and yeah you've got hella and thor just with these badass powers fighting it out um, it's never confusing. They always do such a good job of just sort of the nuts and bolts of making it easy to follow. Yeah. And ramping up the tension and all. It's just, it's masterful. And they do it so well in all their movies. And I think you can tell because it's easy to just be like, oh, it would be so cool if the Hulk and Thor fought and just make a cool fight. Yeah. But they do have these emotional stakes and it is important to the story. So it makes it. So much more like the tension is there and you're into it as opposed to, oh, yeah, this is a cool fight and I liked it, but it's right. done and I forgot about it. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, they do a great job at that uh, and and making them just fun at the same time, which is not right. no easy feat. Yeah, no easy feat. Uh, and they're very consistent character wise, too. It's um, th- like the end of this movie, like Thor is now king. Uh, But he's not, they don't all of a sudden switch. I could see another movie sort of switching his character to sort Mm -hmm. of rising to that. But he's he's still very unsure of himself. Yeah. Uh, And just, it makes for such a richer character, I think, that this God, who is such a badass, Mm -hmm. still has this sort of self-deprecating quality Mm -hmm. there at the end when he's on the throne, not knowing Mm -hmm. quite how to handle that. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad they did that too because he did go through this really massive character arc and he had all this growth. But if they had just kind of, well, we did that. Our work is done. Right. He's totally changed. Yeah. That wouldn't have worked. That would have made invalidated the whole thing. Yeah. And and you see him even into Infinity War and Endgame struggling with, well, what does it mean to be a leader? And what does it mean that, like, family-wise, I've just always been told I'm going to be on the throne. Should I be? Right. Um, and having him still wrestle with that. Pretty good. Yeah. Family legacies, sibling rivalries and relationships. Mm-hmm. These are the things that make it, I think, a little more than a comic book movie. And and people that disregard these as such are uh, are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're incorrect. I'm yucking you're, their yum or yumming their yuck. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. I'll get I'll get really defensive when people just write them off. I think I understand the criticism. I think the larger issue is like studio money and what's getting money and what's getting advertised. I think that's sure. a fair point. Yeah, but you can't just it. say like, well, those movies aren't good. Clearly people like them. They're going to see them. Yeah. And having a wonderful time doing it. And like, this is a good movie. It, yeah. It just is. And I know we talked about in The Winter Soldier, starting with that movie, Marvel movies really became superhero movie plus this. Yeah. So superhero movie plus spy thriller. And this one, yeah, it was like a full-on comedy family mm-hmm. drama. Yeah. <laughs> beautifully shot, beautifully, like, because there's a part of me that wanted to be like, is this sort of a Western still? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's funny. And it, I mean, we got emotional about a hammer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we got That's... emotional about a hammer and we got a laugh out of an umbrella. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I mean, I just, yeah, watching, enjoying this with my mom and just hearing her laugh. Yeah. Because sometimes I do get in my head, like, do I only love this thing? Like, if I entered it and I wasn't in this space where I want to like this movie and I know all these other movies, Uh would I like it as much? She was laughing the whole time. She loved it. Yeah, Um, Emily did too. She was having a really good time. She's like, this is so funny and so much fun. I said, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it really is just so fun that the whole thing um and it it, when you're watching it i don't know it moves so seamlessly through like emotional beat to beat Mm -hmm. that i I, again i've watched it like twice this week yeah and both times i was like still feeling yeah you weren't sick i was i was laughing i was you know feeling in my heart uh because thor really does go through a lot um in this movie, but then when you think of what's to come, and then yeah. Asgard at, as a whole, um, to have all of those themes in this, what a lot of people do dismiss as just a superhero movie, right? I think is missing a lot of the point of what they can do. Yeah, they're wrong, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, they're wrong. Well, I got nothing else on my list. Did you have any other? Uh... Salient points. We could talk about this for hours. I assume. I know. I know. I I wrote. Oh, oh. We have to. I just have to say, seductive god of thunder. Yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. lines. Uh, that whole sequence of like, Tony, <laughs> yeah, call him Tony because he's in Iron Man's clothes. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's got the Duran Duran shirt. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, and uh, Thor's sort of like hiding in the streets. Um, I love that whole bit. 
And yeah, the, the Hulk supporters. Uh-huh. That <laughs> and was he's fun like, too. you'll never have to think about the Hulk again. And then like green powder in his face and yeah. Hulk supporters <laughs> immediately. Uh, yeah, I could talk about it forever. I have a seven page outline that I did from memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're the best, Danny. That's why they love you. <laughs> oh, and uh, also the Willy Wonka kind of tunnel where Thor gets introduced. Uh, yeah, right yeah. before the Grandmaster, and it's playing, you know, pure imagination. You were and about then, to meet the Grandmaster. Yes. <laughs> and then Thor just screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he, th- th- like, smash cuts to him in that room screaming. Yes. And I did want to mention um, Topaz. Oh, I can't remember her name, but uh, the Grandmaster is kind of. Oh, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is in most of Taika Waititi's movies. Yeah. She's great. Love her. Um, I love like her delivery of everything one, but when, um, the grandmaster's like, what do I always call Scrapper 142 when she's out here? It starts with a B and she just says trash. Yeah. <laughs> so, she says, no, it starts with a B. Booze hound. <laughs> immediate like trash. Were you just waiting to call her that? He's like, that doesn't even start with a B. <laughs> I love it. There's so many moments. Yeah, I forgot to shout her out. She was great. And when she uh, went to like straight to execution. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not an executionable offense. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. It's interesting to play her off of the Grandmaster because he is bad. But then even he is like, whoa. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) What was Um, what is her name? Uh, We need to shout her out. I wrote it down, but I can't find it. Uh, Rachel House. Yes, yes, yeah. just oh, amazing. She is so great, and just the way she says like literally every line, I love. Yeah, <laughs> um, burnt toast, like that. I don't know, oh, that's so right, good. The smell. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, so I many guess, funny lines. I know. Uh, again, we could just quote and quote and mainframe. Why wouldn't I like the mainframe? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just have like sections that are just quotes. <laughs> I think we went over most of my my favorite ones, um, but I guess I would I would wrap up by saying, according to uh, Taika Waititi, most of this is is largely inspired by Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, interesting! And uh, Flash Gordon, which I've never seen either of those movies, so now oh, I feel like I have to go watch them. Annie, I know. You're and Flash out. Gordon was Star Wars too, and I love Star Wars, so I gotta apparently. Yeah, those are both great. I mean that. Um... Flash Gordon was a, a movie of my right in my wheelhouse at my age, like a movie of my youth that was very, very big for mm-hmm. me and and holds up in a very uh, campy way. Um, you know, soundtrack by Queen. It, it was awesome. Oh, OK. It's a All lot. Right, it's I'm a in. lot of fun. It's a fun watch. And Big Trouble in Little China is just great. Do you see those influences in this movie? Yeah. I mean, certainly Big Trouble in Little China has uh, a lot of the same style of humor uh, Kurt Russell is very, very funny in that movie, mm-hmm. um, playing humor against like supernatural uh, badassery. So, yeah, I definitely get that. Flash Gordon. Yeah. All yeah. Right. There's some. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say anything else, but I definitely that that's pretty cool. I see both of those. The DNA is in is in this film. All right. Well, I will add those to my my list of movies I'm working through during quarantine. No better time than now. Annie. <laughs> yes, that's true. I've watched a lot of movies lately. So, uh, what's next for you and me? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. I feel like 
I've been typecast in Marvel, which I'm not mad about, but like I get a lot of requests. Right. Uh, yeah, keep them. People have been emailing the saver email. Uh, been like, when are you going to come on and talk about Marvel? Oh, really? That's um, funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I can always, I can keep doing that. We have to do the Empire Strikes Back. Oh eventually. yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, Holly uh, and you and I are going to do Empire Strikes Back as a as a triplet. So that'll I that'll think, be fun uh, for sure. But I think aside I might that, die there. <laughs> I think yeah. I'll never stop talking. She'll never stop talking about it. I'll never stop talking about it. I, I, I'm um, happy just to sit back and sort of listen a lot in that one, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I, I probably will, too. I'll probably be like, Holly, you go. <laughs> yeah, the master. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, thank you, Annie. This is great, as always. Yes, uh, thank you. You are a sincere sensation and a pure delight. Oh, and I, I look forward to the next solo affair, as well as... Uh, the Empire Strikes uh, Strikes Back with Holly. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Epic! It's gonna be one for the ages. The podcast Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you on the socials? Um, you can find me on Saver, uh, which is spelled the American way, S A V O R. Um, we're at Saver Pod across all those social things, and then I'm also on the podcast stuff I never told you, which I trust you, internet people. Uh, you can figure it out. Uh, we're on social media, but it's kind of a weird name. So, all right, fantastic. Yes. Thanks, Annie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Movie Crash is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown. Edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.